Welcome, welcome to Rebel Ants Radio. This is the Build and Public weekly live video podcast that Miguel and I do every week, showcasing our journey of launching an NFT project from zero to one, like 10,000 minted, but now maybe 10,500 because we have another project out called the Jermies. And then we have another project coming out after that for the V2 Rebel Ants. So we got a lot of minting to get done. And so we appreciate you joining us. Miguel, how are you today? Oh, fantastic today. Yeah. If I, was any better, if I was any better, they would have to name a national holiday after me. Yeah. But you know what? I settle for the podcast. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're here. I know that we recorded last Friday, but it feels like more than a week ago since we did this, right? It feels like it's been yeah. a while. It feels like it's been a while for sure. It does. So let's go over a couple of housekeeping items at the top. First of all, every time you mint a Rebel Ant, we will donate a dollar to One Tree Planted and they'll donate. Uh, sorry, they'll plant a tree on our behalf. So thank you for minting with us. And uh, we look forward to planting many, many more trees in the coming months and weeks and years together. You can head over to rebelance.io to get all the information about all of our projects. We don't even have a roadmap anymore because we're just too busy. We're working on too much stuff at once. And so rebelance.io is the best place to get all the latest information happening besides tuning into this show every week. We got five people joining us, so we appreciate that. Feel free to say hi in the comments. And uh, we also have some free NFTs available for you. So if you head over to rebelants.io, look at that journey section right in the middle, and you will have a link to uh, mint a free journey. How many free ones do we have right now, Miguel? We got five free ones, right? Five, yeah. Five free ones. So we're going to run through those in just a little bit, but we just want to say hi to everyone. Thank you again for joining us. And uh, we'll get to the icebreaker in just a second and ask everyone to participate. But if you like this sort of thing, if you're into NFTs, if you're into Web3, if you're into Build in Public, like this video, subscribe to this channel. We're at 906 subs. We're so close to 1,000. I can feel it. Miguel, what are we going to do to celebrate 1,000 subs? I don't know, man. I think I'm going to probably sleep a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can stop obsessing over the numbers. Huh? What do you think? That's, that's probably what I'll do. Yeah, I think we should stop obsessing about it. Just let it run its course. <laughs> sure. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. Before we dive into all the craziness that's happened in the NFT space over the last week and uh, some other uh, deep dives into our project, let's start with a little icebreaker. And again, we invite our viewers to comment along. Let us let us know what your thoughts are. So, Miguel, I'm stealing this question from uh, Gary V. I saw him post this on Twitter, and I was like, oh, that is a good question. So, Miguel, what is your favorite cereal? Uh, um, in general, I don't eat cereal, but Raisin Bran Crunch, I think it's... Raisin Bran Crunch. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I just I really like it. Yeah, has it always been that way? With the Raisin Bran Crunch? Yeah, I think so. Since you were a kid, you've been going for the reason. No, not since I was a kid, but I think it's. I think when I was a kid, if we're going back in time, I would say yeah. more like, uh, I don't know, Captain Crunch, maybe. Captain Crunch. Okay, good. Yeah. I I think we weren't allowed when I was a kid to have those crazy sugary uh, cereals, but we had some of the normals like the Frosted Flakes and the Kicks. But for the majority of my life, I think I've been a Cinnamon Toast Crunch kind of guy. And I also have to say that I don't agree with the serving portions on any box of cereal anymore. I feel like one box is like one serving size for me. I feel like I go through a whole box in one sitting. Do you, do you feel the same way? I agree. Yeah. I have to agree. 
yeah, like one bowl just doesn't do it anymore. It's like saying one slice of pizza is enough. It's just, it's just not enough. I need more than it's not even than a one bowl of cereal. It's like, it's like a, a cup. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's very disproportionate. Um, very small. Anyway, let us know in the comments what are your thoughts on cereal? What's your favorite cereal? What's been the change over time? These are really important questions that we need to get to the bottom of. Uh, let's let's take a look at our jermies. So. We have 10 jermies up for minting right now. And Miguel, give us give us the elevator pitch again on what the Jeremy Pets project is for the collection. So the Jeremy Pets is a one-of-one one creation of 500 jermies. They're all unique. They all have different unique identities. They all have like, um, you know, ex facial expressions that are just kind of funny, as, as you can see there. We yeah, have very animated. That are free. Um, they're pretty cute little creatures. They just wander around. They're they're, they're meant to be the the pets for the ants, um, which is a, a pretty funny innuendo talking about an ant having a pet. But um, the Jeremys also serve as a kicker for our Rebel Ants Project V two. Um, so if you own one of those, it'll be uh, you'll you'll gain some points. You know, if you own one of the V one ants, you'll gain some points during the battle for the colony, which is coming up. So we'll talk more about that in another episode. I think we we have a lot going on with V2s. Um, I'm still finalizing the backgrounds for V2. So it should be pretty interesting. Again, like the Jeremy Pets have a lot of different um, color palettes. They're, they're all unique. They're all different. And it's meant to be that way. It's meant to be more free-flowing, more unique -y, you know, 500. They're all hand-drawn by me, all 500 of them. So... If you resonate with one of them, you can just get it. It's not like the typical PFP collection that it's all either the same color palette or like the same headband or whatever the case might be. These are all different. Right. Yeah. And we've got 10 up for minting right now. And this is using Bueno Drops, which we have found to be a very easy and user-friendly experience. And each of these groups that we release, maybe five at a time or so, they each have a, a unique set of parameters around the minting, right? So we can look at the first five here, and these are free, and there's no limit on them, right? And there's not even a, a limit on the amount of time. So these will just be free, these first five. These are to help people get into the Jeremy Pets ecosystem. And then the next five that we have, uh, as I scroll down over here, these are limited to just 20 at 0 .005, which is like, I don't know, what is that, less than $10 right now? So you can get a Jeremy Pet out. Uh, yeah. Some of these limited, real limited edition, just 20 of these will ever be released. Uh, Jeremy Pets 6 through 10. And yeah, once these sell out, then we'll be able to, I think, move on and release some more if uh, if that becomes the plan. But I think we should try and get these bought out so that we can uh, have a reason to release some new ones. So we invite you all to go get your free ones, get your free Jeremy Pets, and then go get some of these limited editions because there's only ever going to be 20 of them. So don't miss out. Just 20. Just 20. And like Miguel said, these are going to be a kicker for V2. And when we say a kicker, the idea behind V2 for the version 2 Rebel Ants, Battle for the Colony, is that of those uh, NFTs that are created, they're each going to belong to a different gang, right? Maybe there's 20 different gangs. And then each week we're going to use the power of AI storytelling to have those gangs do battle. And then the winner um, will be determined by AI. And if you're a holder of one of those winners, you'll be rewarded. And if you have a Jeremy pet, 
or more, you'll be rewarded. And if you have a V1, you'll be rewarded. So these are all kickers. This is the time now to get these limited edition ones. And again, I think there's some more mechanics we can play with uh, behind that. So uh, next step, I think, in this timeline is to continue to release the Jermies while you're working on the V2. And then once the V2 come out, we'll be able to have those weekly AI battles um, that we do live here on the show. And then we'll have those cataloged on the website. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. And maybe through today's discussion about some of the events happening in the NFT space now, we can learn a few things as we prepare for our V2 um, release. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to V2. It's just the backgrounds are taking a long time because the backgrounds are very, very stylish, very unique. So, yeah. And can't wait for that. What we'll see as we look at a couple of projects today, like uh, the Meme Lands Captains and Azuki, those backgrounds are anything but detailed. So we'll we'll dive into that in a second. For the Azuki? I just wanted to sh I'm sorry, go ahead. For Azuki? Yeah. There is no backgrounds. Exactly. They are not complicated at all. So we're going the opposite direction, which maybe might be a good thing considering how unhappy people are with those. Um, the other thing I just wanted to uh, just talk out loud with you as part of our build-in public is that we've been looking at changing platforms off of StreamYard for a few weeks now because StreamYard, good pricing, good platform, but it only lets us stream at 720p. Uh, is that how you say it? 27 pixels? How do you, how do you call that? Yeah, What's the yeah. streaming limit? <laughs> the streaming bandwidth. Um, it, it's 720 is the... 720p yeah that's the plan that we're on right now which is the middle plan and that's like 25 dollars a month to get up to 1080 you got to jump up to the 50 dollars a month plan and you don't get enough value out of that for us for what we need since we never really have you know 15 people on at once so we were looking at ev mux which was one of the first platforms that we tried and they have 1080 streaming included in their uh, middle tier plan so we were looking at that we did a test run last week the quality seemed better, but then you lose some of the other things from StreamYard, like the content editing, which is actually really great. And then I got an email over the weekend from Ecamm, and Ecamm Live is a really great streaming platform, very customizable, a lot you can do with it. They're very present on social media. They have constant content coming out on YouTube, and they have a summer deal going on for 30% off for the first year. So the pro plan, which is what allows us to have the live interviews um, also gives us 4K streaming, which is even better than 1080. So that is only 2240 a month. And like I said, we were paying 25 a month now. So we might have to dip into this and do the 2240 a month plan at the pro level. And then we'll be able to get the 4K streaming video, which is even better at a cheaper price than we're paying now. Um, I think we'll just need to learn how to use this platform a little bit because uh, I've been on interviews using Ecamm Live and there's a lot happening, but I think it might be a good place for us because this is a big part of who we are is sharing this experience, this build in public, talking about the news and our take on it and spotlighting other artists and other NFT projects and Web3 personality. So I think having a solid platform for us is really important. Yeah, man, I just I really want to finalize like what we are really going to use going forward. I mean, Ecamm seems like it's, it's pretty legit, pretty um, out there. And I think it's well known and I think a lot of professionals use it. So. I don't know. We just got to play around with it and see what's better for us. Yeah. Agreed. All right. There we go. Saying all right again. Do you want to talk about Azuki? Yeah, let's do it. I have a bunch of tweets that I bookmarked. That Before I we even get into the Azuki thing, right? Okay. Like how? 
you know what? Let's just get into it. Azuki's just there. I don't know what they did. They, I honestly, to me, just feels like they just wanted money from from people. I felt it almost felt like a rug at one point. Yeah, I did see that going around a lot, and it they did raise a lot of money, and I think they missed the mark. Forty so million dollars. You're not a holder, right, of Azuki, of any of it? I'm not. No. So this is all very unbiased, and we're not here to fud anything. We just want to share what our our findings were from finding threads in the community and, and happenings on Twitter. And then again, just kind of talk about what can we learn from that as a newer project as well. Um, I've got a bunch of tweet threads saved, so we'll just kind of go through those and kind of look at them together. But this first thread is from Lambo Land, and this was on the day of the Azuki Mint. So the Azuki Mint had some weird mechanics to it where the holders only had 10 minutes to claim it, right? So let's scroll through this thread and we'll put the link to these threads in the video description. But let's look at the first thing here, the Mint window. Azuki holders only had 10 minutes to Mint. This overloaded the website with traffic, causing the site to have errors, which prevented many people from minting. Okay. So already a terrible user experience, right? I've yeah. I've been there where I've tried to mint things before and I've been locked out. Yeah, yeah. And that's a bad feeling. Now, when you're a holder of one of these, it's an even worse feeling because you feel like you have priority, which maybe it's a bit of entitlement. But you know, this is this is a, a major project. Azuki has been a blue chip project for a long time now. And to think that just the start of the mint process didn't go well is scary. Yeah, but didn't they have to have a deposit of two ETH before they could even mint? Yes. So it was a Dutch auction with a two ETH deposit, and then they would get back whatever the difference was of what the actual price. Came and they out sold out. So they, <clears throat> again, it was like $40 million. Yes. They made, yes, close to $40 million. Uh, the next point here from Lamboland was dilution. The Elementals art reveal was shocking. Many of the Izuki Elementals look exactly like the original Izukis. And here's a screenshot of two Izukis, uh, sorry, an Izuki Elemental next to an Izuki. And they look super similar, super, super similar. And, you know, you got to question how much how much effort went into this? None. I, I honestly think they were AI generated. Oh, you do, huh? Interesting. I want to tell you why. So I, I I dove into the art a lot, right? And I compared the ones that people were saying look alike. And there was a lot of faults that only if you use a lot of AI art generators, you can see those kind of faults in um in some of the art. And I saw some of that in, in some of these. So I don't think they were hand drawn. I, I I don't know. I could be wrong, but yeah, I, I, I'm almost I'm going to say 96% sure they were AI generated. Okay. Very interesting. Um, yeah. I think, I think that would be concerning, right? Especially because this has been building up for a while to think they just took what they had and didn't put much effort into it. Did very it, yeah. disappointing. All right. The next point here was that this decreases the demand for Azuki. So if you like the look of Azuki or there's, you know, some prestige that you want to have for being associated with, Azuki. Now, instead of spending 10 ETH on an Azuki, you can spend 1.5 on the Elemental and get the PFP that it's looks pretty the much the same. Yeah. <laughs> so, talking about decreasing the demand for Azuki, the floor price has plummeted, right? It's it's about half of that, and we'll take a look in a second at, at OpenSea. Um, and then, like we see here, uh, the art for one of the Azuki Elementals has a problem, right? So, it's not... Yeah, there we go. yeah it's not it's not clean. 
it's clearly the layers don't match up very well. Does that hurt your heart as an artist? It doesn't. I just I feel like they just wanted to make money, honestly. Like I don't know. Yeah. That's that's my theory. That's my opinion of it. You know, I, I don't want anybody out there to like attack me, but any <laughs> fans, but in all honesty, it just feels like it was AI generated from from the same old pictures. You know what I mean? Like the old PFPs. Agreed. Um, and then talks about the mint price. So he says having a two ETH mint price is fine in my opinion. However, charging two ETH for basically the same art and not giving any preview is kind of crazy. So it's true. There was there was a reveal uh, from the mint. So you didn't really know what you were going to get. You didn't know that it looked this similar. I have a feeling that if this was available as a preview, people would not have been so interested in, in dropping a few thousand dollars on this. Agreed. And then there's other collections within the Yuzuki garden as they call it and that's the beans right so it says bean holders didn't benefit much from the mint since they had a low chance of being able to mint but they did see the floor price drop by 42 percent so his closing thoughts here were massive misstep by the team many prominent members of the izuki community are rightfully upset which is not a good sign but this is day one for elementals so if we look back to what their floor price is for azuki right now it's down to 6.14 and when we look at the analytics on OpenSea, looking at the last seven days, you see just this massive drop, right? So it went from 13.19 down to, you know, 6.1 now. So almost half. See, so it's down 60%, 60% in seven days. So super disappointing. Yeah. But some people are saying, is this the time to buy? So not financial advice, but Miguel, if you had an extra 6.14 ETH sitting around, would you grab one of these? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So that was the mint, right? That was that was the start of this. Let's move on to another thread here from Kermit. Kermit says, is this the end for Azuki and Azuki Elementals? Here's what I think the team should do next, right? So this is kind of saying, hey, here's how we can fix this. He says, um, I believe that they were setting themselves up for a disastrous launch. Why? Because due to the high price, limited minting window and neglecting beans, right? Another one of their projects there. Yeah. He says, having said that, both I and numerous other Azuki fans had high expectations for Elementals. Their positioning seemed apparent, serve as the uh, Mutant Ape Yacht Club equivalent within the Azuki system. Unfortunately, the artwork turned out to be a mere duplicate of the original collection. And again, just some more artwork showing that it looks really, really similar. Um, he says, following the, revela the revelation of the artwork, a tidal wave of fudge surged across Twitter and Discord. Everyone was taken aback by mm -hmm. the striking resemblance between the original collection and the newly unveiled. So he talks about the price drop, all that stuff. So he says, where do you go from here exactly? He said, the team recently made an announcement acknowledging that they have heard the community's concerns loud and clear. They stated that they will be releasing another announcement later today. And so here's a post from Discord. Uh, it says, hey, all, we have heard all the feedback loud and clear. We're in the office. Everyone is formulating what is needed next. And so Kermit says, what can be done now, right? So... He says, to provide an accurate answer, let's consider the facts at hand, that the old G holders express concern about the dilution caused from the new collection. Replicas are universally disliked, and it's hard to differentiate between the OG and the new. He said, update the artwork, um, flip the elementals so that they're facing a different way, so it's a little more easily distinguishable. Yeah. He says, remove all classic traits, so take out the traits that were in the Izuki uh, original. 
and then increase more elemental traits. So it's called elementals because there's this theme of fire, water, earth, and wind. Yeah. Um, and saying add more of that and then, you know, take some steps with the community to recover there. So Miguel, I think my first question to you is, how does a project who's done really well, how do they say, okay, this is the artwork that everybody loved. How far off of the trail do we go from that to give them something new, right? Do we need to be tied into the original artwork and say, this is still the same feeling or do we need to go a whole new direction here? Where, where on that scale? You can, somebody you can still, I, I, my personal opinion is I think you can still do something within the context of the original artwork, right? But not to the extent that it, first of all, that there's, Damage to the PFPs, right? Like they, right. Some, That's of, true. some of them are not right, right? There's there's a lot of fault in in the artwork, and it just seems like they just wanted some more money. Honestly, it just it just it feels like a rug. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Like if they wanted to do it, fine, do it, right? But if you want to make it look like the originals, do something more original. Don't make the faces and everything else look the same. Like he, like he mentioned on the Twitter thread, like make him face a different direction, put more of the elemental part of it. Like, I don't know. There's gotta be something more that stands out more from the originals. And it doesn't do that. I agree. Uh, so let's take a look at a post from Azuki, their, their response the next day. They're saying it's always both challenging and exciting, opening up the gate to the garden. This time we missed the mark. We hear you. The mint process was hectic. The PFPs feel similar and even worse, dilutive to Izuki, right? So yeah, you're going to tell me they didn't know that? They knew that. <laughs> I don't know, but at least they're acknowledging it, right? They're not, they're not ignoring it and they're not making up a different story. So I give them credit for that. They said, our goal for Elementals is to grow the garden, welcome new members into the community, and most importantly, to expand Izuki universe and set a foundation for a decentralized IP with deep lore. Once, uh, one that enables us to create a new type of anime that's already under production. So I guess, you know, their idea is, hey, we want to let more people be holders, right? Maybe something that's more attainable instead of a 10, 10 ETH floor. Yeah. But, you know, um, this is the problem, right? Now Now they've given people a reason to, to drop the price. Well, why would, you wanna, why would you want to own... First of all, if you have one of the originals and, you know, it was right. worth whatever amount of ETH and then all of a sudden... So Joe Schmo is buying one for whatever amount of ETH. Is, yeah. It looks exactly like this, like yours, then that's a problem. Yeah, I agree, right? Like, why would somebody want to get one of these other than just the right, that's just expectation? Sense. Yeah. So uh, they go on to say, uh, we had the, ambition of, the ambitious goal for creating characters that feel consistent with their Azuki roots while still offering something new. We chose to lean in on the idea of elementals. Each elemental is tied to a domain of water, fire, lightning, earth. I said wind before. I apologize. And all of them come with unique traits that are specific to their domain. We also added animals and kids, which are completely new members of the garden. So just to be clear, not every Azuki elemental looks exactly like one of the Azuki originals. It's just that a lot of them do. A lot of the artwork is the same. Uh, they said, we challenge ourselves to make four variations of almost every clothing offhand and other traits, and then adjust wow. it to fit across a door. Yeah, very challenging. <laughs> right, you make the four, then you just change the colors and the sizes, yeah. right? Like that's basically what they're saying. Very challenging. Sure. Um, and they said this confused the community on the tangible difference with the original, which totally. And to the team, we always try to operate with the understanding that the original collection would be at the center of our universe. However, we realized that this was not clearly communicated to the community. So it seems like in 
launching the elementals, it wasn't clear what the value of this was or where it fit into the whole scheme of what they call the garden. And then they tease this thing called um, one more thing. There's, there's one, uh, this one's still a little green and it's a green bean, which again is uh, in reference to their beans collection. So this is their way of addressing it. And then <clears throat> this was on the next day. It says the Izuki team held a call with the community in discord. Zagabon's, Theme Boy and other core members came to uh, came on to address the situation on elementals and gave clarity. And then here's some of the takeaways. There were several things that needed to be discussed, such as rush mint mechanics, right? We just went through all that. In terms of delivering experiences, the team stated that the core focus of Azuki is not only deliver a product, but also to deliver an experience. This can be seen by the insanely high quality in real life events, trailers, and combining art with the Web3 tech to make holders feel immersed. So I'm not a holder, so I can't speak to what all those in real life events are, but I know I've, I've heard that those are, are pretty cool events. Um, and then for the elemental and lore building, elementals are a way to give the outside Web3 community a second tier access into the garden. The core objective is to build a vast IP that is attractive to all sorts of entrants. Um, so it goes on and, and we'll post the link, like I said, in the comments, but I guess, Miguel, what, what can we take away from this as people launching our own projects? What can we do to learn from, from these mistakes? <laughs> not, to, not to launch the same artwork <laughs> twice. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and in this, in this thread, there's a post from, uh, from one of the artists kind of showing what some conceptual art, artwork might look like. And then... There's another thread uh, from today, July 2nd, that says, looks like Azuki DAO wants the founders of Azuki to use 20,000 of the ETH they raised on elementals to support the community with more rewards, et cetera, via snapshot to vote. So far, the voters exceedingly in the majority to go through with it. So they want to take those earnings and give it back to the community based on the voting of the Azuki DAO. So I do like the idea of that, of giving something back to the holders. I agree so they with don't that. feel like they're completely lost value in what they have um and it looks like on this voting that it's like i said it's heavily the majority there of 71.75 percent so that would be interesting let's go take a look at an updated snapshot right here on snapshot.org and see what they're on now so 75 percent are saying uh do something yeah, I mean, I agree with that 100%. They should give it back to the community. Are they really going to do it? I highly doubt it. I think yeah. that there was, a, there was an, a purpose to this, an agenda behind it. I think they were probably running out of money because of all this stuff that they do extra, and they needed more money to finalize their, you know, their anime or whatever it is that they're doing. And this is why this ha probably happened. Yeah. Again, it's a theory. I don't know if it's true or not. You know, this is just me, like, theorizing what I think happened. I mean, I wish we could really talk to the artists who created Azuki, the original, but um, you know, that's that's a long shot. I just I, I don't know what the mentality was behind it. You know, I just I hope it wasn't you know malintent, and I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, as an outsider, it just looks like they took the easy route, and I don't know why they would think that any any community within Web three would be quiet about something that was so high stakes as Azuki, as a brand of Azuki to now be diminished by 50 or more percent in, in just a few days. So I can, I can yeah. definitely understand that disappointment. Yeah. It's, it's one of the, again, like you said, it's one of the blue chips 
you know, um, NFTs out there. So they, they yeah. should have done better. It'll be interesting to see what they do to recover. And we will definitely continue to report on it and, and kind of share our thoughts on it as well. Um, so, you know, we, we only want things to be good in the Web3 space. It's better for everyone, right? Rising tides raises all ships. But these things happen. And sometimes it's a, it's a miss from a good swing. And sometimes it's a miss from a bad swing. And this feels like a bad swing. Yeah. That was a uh, baseball analogy for you. <laughs> Thanks for the sport <laughs> analogy. You're welcome. Do you want to check in on the captains from Meme Land? Let's check it out. What's the deal with the captains? Okay, so captains had a reveal. Um, they minted like six months ago, and then today was the reveal. And the the holding art from the pre-reveal art was like a baby. And so here is a tweet from Meme Land at Meme Land. Hey, baby captains, it's time to grow up. The captain's reel is not like anything you've seen in NFT. At MemeLand, we are always micro-innovating and pushing the boundaries, including your patience. We have three goals when we are developing captains. Uh, create a PFP that represents you and grows with you. Create a PFP that you don't need or want to sell. And create a PFP that works with brands and other NFTs. So it didn't go super well um, based on the feedback and the reception. So here's another thread from Kermit. He says, has Memeland just committed the biggest blunder of their lives? Here are my uncensored thoughts. And you already see some pictures of what's happening here. It's this base character that's pretty bland. So he says, after a six-month wait with Memeland's captains has finally been revealed and the TLDR, a group of characters with similar baselines, right? So these are really similar baselines, different color skin, um, but very similar features for male, female across the board. He said, naturally, everyone flocked to Twitter to FUD captains into oblivion, and it was effective. In short period, captains plummeted from seven ETH to four and a half. So almost half drop. Um, and here's the one crucial detail that most people overlooked. They were intentionally designed to start off as a baseline PFP with identical appearances. Think of them like baseline sim characters. Over time, holders will have the opportunity to fully customize their avatars by adding new traits. So then he has a post here from the 9gag CEO, and his name is Ray, and he's very outspoken on Twitter, on podcasts. You know, he's very open, and I've really enjoyed anything I've listened to of his because he seems to have a really good vision and good understanding of the space because they have other projects through, through the Memeland uh, ecosystem. Uh -huh. But... Again, this was this frustration from the holders saying, this is all I'm getting, even though there's more to it. So this tweet, uh, this post from the non-gag CEO, which looks like a, a Discord post says, not to mention that, that taste changes, the trend changes, the holder demographic changes. How does a, a collection continue to attract and adapt to an ever-changing market when artwork is static? The solution is simple. The artwork needs to be fluid. So if you like one piece, you get OP trait. If you like squid games, you get a squid game trade. If you like Minecraft, you get a Minecraft trade. Whatever the latest trend, there is a trade for that. So now uh, that's how you can make a PFP long lasting. And so that was the idea of these traits is that you'll be able to customize them to yeah. represent you over time. And I like that idea, but six months like waiting for this seems like uh, this, this was not a six month effort. Well, I think that the, the original artwork's pretty simple, but at the same time, I, maybe what really took time was just 
thinking about the traits and you know the rest of the, the things that go into it. So I think that just it wasn't well communicated. That's that's what I that's how I feel about this project. Exactly. If if you're a holder, if you're diamond handing this, then no problem, right? You wait it out. You get right. to see what this experience is like. This idea of customizing your NFT has been talked about for a long time. So I don't know that that's especially revolutionary, but maybe there's something different going on here, which we haven't seen yet. So even as Kermit says here, do I think the reveal was a blunder? No, but the artwork is not super exciting right now, but hopefully whatever comes next with the yeah. customization of traits will be exciting, will be, yeah. will be revolutionary and will help move the space forward. Yeah, I think people just need to hold on on this. I mean, I, I think that, um, they're onto something here. I mean, Doodles does it now with, exactly. with their customizing, you know, their their PFPs. But um, it, it's for them, it's more of a tasteful, more uh, open communication with Doodles because Doodles really, really talked about like how they were doing their their PFPs and how they were changing all this. Like it, it was really hyped up. Right, as opposed yeah. to this, I don't think that this was well communicated. So I think people were just upset. But um, I think that this project has, I don't know, I, I think people just need to just wait and hold. Yeah, it's, I think the frustrating part as the NFT space is just here's two major players, two blue chip projects that both dropped significantly in floor price in just a week because of these reveals. So I think it tells you that expectations are really high and you're going to have your feet held to the fire on anything you do. Right. And that's always the case, but things, I guess, in a bear market are, you know, the spotlight is even brighter on these big projects when they say something is coming. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, honestly, I really think that their, their homeland is really onto something there. I mean, I think that they spend most of their time trying to figure out how to, how to change these PFPs. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they're trying to do it differently than what Doodles has done, right? Doodles is doing it on a different platform, on a different uh, network. So maybe they're trying to do it through ETH in a way that hasn't been done or tried before. Um, as we can yeah. see here in the last seven days, price is down 25%. If we look in the last 24 hours, the price is still loading. Great job, OpenSea. Down 6%. So it's down, but still time to come back up. And I can tell you that there was a Twitter Spaces uh, led by the CEO from nine uh, from the 9Gag CEO. And it's about an hour and change long. I started listening to it, but I didn't get very far. But I do want to continue listening to it because, again, he's very good at communicating his vision. And I'd like to hear what his response is to the community and how he handles this pressure uh, and, and this challenge that the project faced to begin with. Unbelievable. So what else we got? There was a couple of other interesting things. Um, let's take a look here. So there was a cool post from Pablo Stanley, and this was about something that we've briefly talked about in the past, but this is about a new token called the ERC6551. So we're looking at a, we're looking at a uh, tweet here from Pablo Stanley. And he says, for all of us who still care about NFTs, whoa, ERC6551 or token-bound accounts lets NFTs have their own wallets. This means that instead of people owning and storing assets, the, the NFTs themselves can. 
So each NFT can hold other NFTs. Insert exhibit meme. I don't know what the exhibit meme was. Um, but the NFT can hold other NFTs. It's on the bottom so there. So he says, how does it work? There's a thing called on-chain registry, which is basically a smart contract that anyone can use to create these token-bound accounts for NFTs. The really cool thing is it's designed to work with all existing NFTs. So any NFT can hold tokens. And we're researching how to offer a tool at Bueno NFT to potentially allow airdrops dropped straight into the NFT themselves, eliminating a lot of the usual hassle. Um, so I think it's great that Bueno is working on something because that means you and I will get access to it with our project and we can look for ways to take advantage. But I guess the idea is that you can take these traits similar to what is being discussed in uh, the captain's ecosystem and maybe carry those with each NFT themselves. So if your NFT is collecting different traits and then you sell that NFT, it could include all those other traits and kind of make it more valuable or just create some more uniqueness to it. Yeah, I mean, I think that Bueno is really leading the way when it comes to to NFTs and, you know, just having the whole platform do all these things and updates and all the stuff that they're doing. Like, it just never ending, never stops. Um, but I think this is really interesting because this means that if you own an NFT, right, and it right. creates its own wallet, think about it in a game, right? So if you have a game with this particular NFT and it's your character, Right, you're able to own um, any anything else that you want to airdrop or that you want to collect from from the game. For example, like if you had another, I don't know, if you had another um, change of clothing or an armor or you know a, a gun or whatever, a weapon or something. Right, you're able to put that within that wallet. You own it. Right? How cool is that? Yeah, I, I think it's great to be able to kind of put these things into smaller compartments and, and keep it all together. And maybe that helps with gas fees over time too, right? Because if you have all these things together, maybe you're only moving one NFT, the, the one that is the token bound that has other NFTs inside of it. So now you're moving this one NFT that has others inside of it, but you're only paying gas fee for the one transaction instead. I don't know if that's how it worked, but that would be a great way to, to kind of work through some of these gas yeah. fee challenges. The only thing is that if you own that character with all these other attributes and you sell it or someone else buys it, those attributes should go with that uh, NFT, PFP or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's in the wallet. That yeah, NFT the is a wallet. So you're just moving the wallet to, to a new moving ownership. Owner. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be really interesting to see what Bueno does with this and what other projects can do with this. And, and maybe there's something in our future as well with this, where if we're saying v2 ants have pets that are germies we should be able to bundle a germy inside of a v2 uh erc 6511 so i don't know what that looks like but oh sorry 6551 i don't know exactly what that looks like but it'd be really cool to kind of take advantage of this and and experiment with some of this technology that's going to be available to us yeah i mean i think that technology is amazing again like bueno is doing really interesting stuff and their ecosystem, I mean, they, they're about to release to, um, well, not release, but they're about to open up to the public the, uh, the um, you know, the, the, the world that they're- The, the world builder. The world builder, yeah. Um, so that should be really interesting, which is the microverse for them, I believe it is. It's yes. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. I mean, we dabbled a little bit with the microverse from them. Um, obviously, we've been super busy trying to get the V2 and the Jeremy's out that I haven't been able to really dabble much into it, but- we created this small little world, right? And it's just pretty cool. You're able to move your character around, and you know he's 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 in in his ant 
um, hill and, you know, his little ant farm. So um, we definitely got to play around with that once we're, we're moving on from Jeremy's and V2s and, you know, we'll, we'll see what else we can create with that. I mean, there's a lot of potential coming up uh, with, with that microverse. I think that they also announced a couple more things and some cool AI stuff with the microverse. Right. I yeah. I think you saw that. I did. Yeah. With uh, the, like the, I don't know, what do they call it? Like the personality traits, right? So and, and the generator. Characters. Yes, the so, generator, right. So they built a generator for their microverse, which is pretty cool. So if you want to like either have it, have an AI generated uh, picture for your microverse, you could do that within Bueno. You could also draw your own and throw it in there, but you can also have AI build it for you. Yeah. You could have AI create conversations within the microverse. Um, there's, there's a lot that you can do. I mean, these guys are like, they're they're really leading the way on when it comes to platforms. Yeah, I I would love to get my hands dirty with the world builder and especially this idea of V2 having different gangs. Maybe it's 10 or 20 different gangs and then having different parts of the world designated for those gangs and just having the look and the experience different for each one of those. And then maybe even creating some token gating where you can only enter this area if you're holding one of those, yeah. one of those traits, right? So it'd be really cool to see how, uh, how we can use that and, and make it fit into our story as well. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty cool. I mean, obviously, again, like the NFT world is ever-changing. The technology is ever-changing. Like we've talked about it in the past, and I think at some point it's it's we're gonna move away from calling it NFTs, right? Right. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens in the future, but definitely very interesting to see. I'm excited for it. Are you ready for our new segment? Sure, let's do it. All right, we are gonna introduce a new segment called Artist of the Week. Miguel, what is the point of this segment? Go. Artist of the week is for us to kind of, it, again, this is our opinion on, on an artist that we've seen maybe on Twitter, maybe on Instagram, that we think that they're cool. And basically, it's just about their their artwork and how they are and their likeness. And, you know, if, if they talk to us, you know, we'll see how they are. Um, but for us, it's more of an artist that we visually saw and, and really, you know, liked their art and thought it was cool. So... Artist of the week, who do we have? I've I wanted to start with this artist that I've been watching for a couple of months now. We even tweeted at him with no response, but that's okay. Doesn't doesn't take away his his great work. So this is uh, someone I've been following on Twitter at Longshanks NFT, and he has this collection called the Quillings Quillings Collection. And let's hop over to OpenSea, and you'll you may recognize this style, but it's this really cool style of art now i don't know how it's made maybe it's ai maybe it's not maybe it's a certain pattern creator but it's these really really great textured colorful pieces of work um so let's open up this one that just things look like they're rolled up and wrapped up yeah that's pretty cool and i just love it every one of them is captivating and every one i'd be happy to own any of them right um, the floor price is 0. 0.005. So again, relatively cheap. He's done four ETH of volume, which is great for that, that low. Uh, but these works of art are just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, regardless of very how it's generated. It's like so cool. Yeah, very colorful. So cool. So I, 
I would love to hear more about the inspiration behind the style, the, the images that he chooses to generate. Some of them are very topical, like the Hulk or uh, could be things seasonal, right? Like, so here's uh, Indiana Jones, here's Freddy Krueger. And it's just, it's great. So I would love to hear how he comes up with them, what he does to generate them. And, you know, where's, where does this style go from here? If there's more to it. The other thing that's really cool is the website for this. And, you know, as a website nerd, I was like, oh, this is so cool. So let's go visit his website, which uh, has a long link, long, long title to it. But from the open sea of the quilling, you can click the website link and you're transported into like this museum room and there's different projects on the wall and you can use the keyboard um, to travel yeah, through. As a virtual gallery, yeah. Yeah, as a virtual gallery, you can kind of get up to these pieces and look at them, and then you can explore those specific pieces. Um, and, yeah, it's just it's a really cool experience, and I would just love to know more about all the all the inspiration behind this and, you know, what what's more behind the scenes here for the artists themselves. So, again, we didn't have any luck on Twitter, but maybe we will get to send this clip over to Longshanks and uh, get some, get some reciprocity on interest in chatting. And I would love to, um, I would just love to learn more about this. this story yeah, it's here. pretty cool. I mean, even if we don't, it is what it is. It's, it's our opinion of who's cool out there, who's doing some cool art um, and who's, you know, really, really entertaining out there and, and, you know, putting some feeling and thought behind what they're doing. And that's really why we're doing artists of the week. And, you know, every week we'll, we'll mention an artist and we'll see where this takes us. But, you know, whether they whether they see it, whether they don't see it, that's that's really not the intention. The intention is for us to showcase to our community who we think is cool. Absolutely. So artist number one for Artist of the Week, Longshanks and NFT and check out that Quilling collection. And uh, let's see uh, next week, Miguel, you get to pick the artist. I sure will. I already have it in my head. What else do you want to talk about? Um, what else we got? We pretty much talked about um, the two blue chips NFTs that we wanted to talk about. Let, let's let's dive in a little bit into crypto. Um, so we've been going up a little bit when it yes. comes to PTC. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, just just all these institutions, all these financial institutions filing for ETFs, right? Like BlackRock did. Um, I think Fidelity did too this week at some point. Um, so there's this huge institutions that are filing for ETFs for Bitcoin. And mm -hmm. you know, I think that is it's, it's all happening very quickly within the last like month or so. Right. So I think there's, there's a lot of um, power behind that. Um, if it does get approved. And then today I heard that, uh, what's his name? Gary from uh, the SEC, he's, he's being investigated for something. So, <laughs> Right. Right. He's not allowed to trade or something. Some sort of fraud or something. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like, I don't understand. The guy, first of all, first of all, the guy applied for for Binance at, like years ago or something like that. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. Right. Then, then he, all of a sudden he loved Crick crypto then he hates crypto now he loves crypto again or now he hates crypto again like i don't yeah it don't seems to be it. whatever serves him at the moment yeah i think it's just all political <laughs> i totally agree with that uh yeah so just looking at some floor that's uh, floor prices not floor prices 
prices of the coin. So Bitcoin is at 30,600, which it's great to see it back over 30,000. Ethereum is at uh, 1935. So approaching the, the 2000 again, it'd be great to kind of yeah. see it dip over that. But I think you're right that these, the big, the big companies, the big banking institutes getting into it is a good sign and pushes us in a good direction. Nothing to do with NFTs, but just support of the major cryptocurrencies, whether it's anything that's an alt currency or the the main bitcoin currency it's good to see it going up and you know even litecoin is up 26 percent in the last seven days so that's yes. head and shoulders above the other one so i don't know what's going on there we'll have to take a look at litecoin because i am out of the litecoin game that was like my originally my number two i was all about bitcoin and litecoin back in like you know 2011 and yeah, uh, yeah. I moved out of litecoin <laughs> everything yeah. became ETH. <laughs> I own some Litecoin and then I, I moved it all into Doge. Doge is still my beloved. We'll see what happens. I still think yeah. that Doge is going to be intertwined in Twitter at some point or another. It's bound to happen. Yeah, well, if it's the 601st tweet promoting Doge, you're going to miss it because we can only view 600 tweets. No, we're, 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 we're verified. <laughs> we're verified, so we get 6,000, right? I don't know. I think it went up more than that. Yeah, I think it went up to eight, 808,000. Yeah, it's all right. I don't. It's all right. It is all right. I wasn't impacted by people being impacted by it. It's It's only temporary. Let me tell you something. I tweeted at Elon the other day, and he hasn't responded yet. (laughs) I'm very upset about that. Don't hold your breath, Miguel. (laughs) Respond us. Look, (laughs) he wants the D for Dutch coin, buddy. (laughs) All right, come on our podcast. Let's talk. Yeah, let's get to the bottom of this. <laughs> okay, Miguel, I think that covers all the important topics for this week. So I will once again remind our listeners and viewers to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and then download us on whatever your podcast player of choice is, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Google or Amazon, wherever you get your podcast, we are there and we appreciate you giving a listen, telling a friend, and joining us in this journey, we have a lot to come, and we want to share it all. Of, we want to share it all with you, and uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be changing platforms, and we'll share that journey with you as we get familiar with uh, hopefully Ecam or EBMux, and we hope to give you a better viewing experience. That's all I got, Miguel. Any yeah, uh, words? Uh, nope, I got nothing else. Okay. Don't forget to get your free Jeremy uh, Jeremy pets over at rebelants.io. You get the link there to the Bueno Drop site. We got a bunch of free NFTs, a couple of limited edition ones. So get them while they're hot. Miguel, have a great evening and we'll do it again next week. That's right. See you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.